Hey everyone, Simon here. Um, part of my conversation with Ronan, uh, we talked about Deshaun Watson and that situation that is still unfolding as it relates to the NFL. Um, my conversation with Ronan today is about quarterback movement. Uh, so quarterbacks that are being traded, um, quarterbacks that are free agents and seeing where those guys might potentially land and who might be playing quarterback this year in the NFL. Part of that conversation does include Deshaun Watson because the uh, scuttlebutt around teams um, waiting to see what happens with Deshaun and uh, his court cases um, is out there. You know, people coming back from the combine have been reporting that teams are waiting to see what is going to happen. Um, so that becomes part of my conversation with Ronan. And we really just, we did skate past the issue and I don't want to do that. I feel that as insensitive and, and part of something that does happen in sports media because unfortunately we do have to talk about um, what could happen if he does play. It's something that we can't just completely um, pretend isn't there, even though maybe we would like to do that at times. Um, but I definitely didn't want our conversation to come off as insensitive. You know, we would talk, we would reference it as the Deshaun Watson situation. Um, and it's not like he has a broken foot or anything. So I wanted to be completely upfront and honest about that and, and make sure I highlight that at least um, for you guys to hear before listening to the episode. So Deshaun Watson, um, if you don't already know, or maybe don't have all the details or you do, and you're just waiting to see if I say it. Um, 22 women have filed civil lawsuits against Deshaun Watson. These, these women were different masseuses um, who are accusing him of pattern, of course, of unlewd behavior and a couple of them even sexual misconduct or assault. Um, obviously, this is, this is a very serious issue. This is, this is a lot of women describing a lot of the same situations happening. Um, and if that's the case, then, you know, don't really know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson as a football player, but it's not nearly as important as um, these women in their lives. And just kind of sweeping that aside to say, maybe Deshaun Watson's going to play here is where he could end up. Did not feel right to me. So I want to make sure I bring it up here um, because that is what's happening. Deshaun Watson's being accused of sexual misconduct by 22 different women. Um, there are also 10 criminal complaints, but no criminal files have been charged as of yet. And I know today is Thursday the 10th, Friday the 11th, there's supposed to be some more hearings with some more information coming out. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see. Now, again, I don't have any issue with if the conversation comes up about quarterbacks and what could potentially happen, who could be interested coming up, um, which is what happened in my conversation with Ronan today. But I also just wanted to say right up front at the top here, um, that obviously none of that is important at all. Uh, none of this is important at all um, compared to what those women have, uh, what, what they're saying they went through, what I, you know, it seems like they all did go through. Um, so we just have to be very careful about that because obviously everything is still in limbo, but I just want to say right up front, um, obviously nothing we talk about in this podcast uh, matters compared to that. So with all of that said, um, I want everybody to just keep that in mind as we're football fans and we talk about these situations, it does happen, unfortunately, and it never should, and it shouldn't be something that just becomes part of our lives, but it has. Um, we still have these conversations about football, we can still talk about sports, um, but I want to make sure that we're very honest about those things right up front. So that's the deal. That's what we're not saying in this podcast, but we definitely know and understand it is to be the case. 
with all of that, thank you guys so much for listening to the Simon Tour podcast. Um, here's my conversation with Ronan about uh, the quarterback movement in the NFL this offseason. Welcome to the Simon Short Podcast brought to you by championshipsportsmedia.com. I'm Simon Short. I am joined today by Ronan Summers of CN- CSM. Excuse me. Ronan, how you doing, man? Fantastic. How about yourself? I'm I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. It's the it's the off season. We're we're getting our our shefty reports about franchise tags and cuts and trades and it's a really good time. So I brought Ronan on today, everybody, because um, he wrote two really good articles for championshipsportsmedia.com. Make sure you get on the website and check those out. It was his way too early predictions of every starting quarterback uh, in the NFL next year. Um, Ronan, I'm already kind of skipping through the outline a little bit, but just tell me, maybe don't dive deep into how you went through that process, but what made you want to do that? What made you kind of interested in, and that was your, that was your first couple articles for us. So what, what made you want to do that and get into the quarterbacks? Well, I came into it thinking everybody wants to know where Rogers, Rogers is going to end up. Wilson's going to end up. Garoppolo is going to end up where the rookies are going to go. And you know, why not? You know, why not go big with the, uh, you know, I guess my first couple of articles, and uh, my thought process going into it, I knew I wasn't going to hit all of them. You know, uh, I whiffed on the uh, Wentz to uh, the uh, Steelers pick. That was, you, you, you know what? Maybe it was because of me. So and <laughs> I appreciate you, man. In, in some ways, you. you might be, you know, should be thanking me. <laughs> <laughs> but I won't be thanking I, you though when when Mason Rudolph throws his like twelfth interception in Game Three. I'll be I'll be cursing your name at that point. But that's okay. Yeah, Just know that for that's that's emotional. I I could really dive into it, and I probably will later. But I will, in the long run, be thankful. I think. Um, but yeah, man, they were really good articles. Everybody, make sure you check them out. Uh, you could you could really tell that you weren't trying to play Madden with it or play fantasy football with it or anything, but also not just being too safe with just like predicting all the same quarterback. So we're going to get into that in a little bit. Um, obviously there's been some quarterback news, very relevant to this episode just in the last couple of days. Um, so it's going to be really exciting to get to talk to you today, Ronan, because last week I talked to Ben Parker about the quarterbacks coming in via the draft. And now we're just going to talk about the guys who might be moving and shaking um, during the offseason here. So first off, the headliners, we have Aaron Rodgers, who on Tuesday, today is Thursday the 10th. So on Tuesday the 8th, Aaron Rodgers was confirmed to be staying in Green Bay. The details are still a little murky about contract extension or not, but he will be playing for Green Bay in the 2022 NFL season. Um, Like 15 minutes after that announcement, we had Russell Wilson being traded from the Seattle Seahawks to the Denver Broncos. So that's where he's going to be calling home this uh, upcoming season and potentially longer. And then yesterday afternoon, just about 24 hours ago, I'd say we had Carson Wentz of the Indianapolis Colts being traded to the Washington Commanders. So big picture, just take all of that. Ronan, what what do you think of those moves and what do you think about now that the, the quarterback dominoes are falling? Well, I'll go ahead and lead off with Rodgers. Uh, I expected him to stay. 
whenever you compare uh, the other options for them, you know, Denver, th the difference between uh, Wilson going to Denver and Rodgers going to Denver is it, it could be viewed as an upgrade for Wilson. Rodgers, I don't know how many teams are going to be better than the Packers. You could argue probably the Steelers maybe uh, with free agency acquisitions. Yeah, they could probably get there. But maybe the Colts, but it didn't seem like there was a whole lot of steam behind that one. I, I, I had a feeling he would stay. Yeah, he won back-to-back -back MVPs. My big, out of all the Packers news, I'm more interested in Jordan Love. And we can get to that later. But I'm, I just did a piece on him, uh, you know, kind of filling out the spots where he might end up. He, he might stay, you know. <laughs> Could you imagine a world where Jordan Love stays, you know, three more years, ends up starting his sixth year in the league? That would It'd be, be an a, awkward locker room for the, for the next couple of years in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I expected Rodgers to, uh, to stay. Wilson going to the Broncos. I, I'm a Rams fan, so immediately yeah. rejoiced. Um, <laughs> I've always been a fan of Russ. Obviously, well, maybe not always, because whenever we played him, I was pretty harsh on him. Right. Uh, of course. But I'm, I'm glad to see him out of, out of the division so I can kind of cheer him on now. He, he's a pretty good guy. It's fun as hell to watch. Uh, but Denver getting Russ, that immediately makes them, con makes them contenders. Uh, I know there's uh, question marks over the youth of their receiving core. They just got rid of Fant. I, I don't hate their offensive line. It's a clear upgrade over Seattle. So, I mean, that should help them. Uh, their defense is an upgrade over Seattle's. Uh, Von Miller, as a Rams fan, it's probably going to hurt whenever Von Miller comes back. But it's looking like he probably will, rightfully so. Uh, so, I, I love that move for uh, Denver. I initially thought Seattle got maybe swindled a little bit. Uh, I feel like you could probably do better than two firsts and two seconds, uh, especially since Denver still has draft capital. I think they still have three picks in the first hundred picks. So whenever you can, I don't know why they didn't try to take more. Why not try and take a extra uh, top hundred pick over Shelby Harris. I know he's a defensive leader, but he's also 31 and probably going to just be a rental. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how Drew Locke, how that'll go in Seattle. I don't right, know I was about gonna... to say you're missing the the cream of the of the crop there. They got Drew Locke back. That's what it was all about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, I'm sure Pete Carroll was drooling over that, and I'm sure Seattle fans are as well. But uh, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, no, I'm with you. That was a really good point about with Denver, how downgrade for Rodgers, but upgrade for Wilson. It just seemed like in Seattle, things had gotten stale. It was it was probably time for the end. Um, I know there are some Seahawks fans that that maybe want to see one more year because, you know, in the games Wilson was healthy, they were still an above 500 team now, barely above 500. But it, it feels like maybe just everybody was ready to, to be at the end a little bit. Seattle, the type of offense they want to run. Um, I remember last year when they bring in the new offensive coordinator from the Rams and it's a lot of under center play action bootleg and, you know, utilizing the middle of the field. And that's not really Wilson's game. Um, you know, imagine what, think back to what Goff was doing a few years ago. That's what 
at least the offensive coordinator in Seattle wants to do now, whether that's what will actually happen or not. Um, but the trade re requests, but not trade requests, you know, that sort of back and forth. Um, it feels like, and especially like you said, like it probably, it feels like they maybe should have gotten a little more. It wasn't a bad return either. So it kind of just seemed like everybody was ready to, to move on. Um, I will say for, for Denver, it's going to be really interesting to see kind of what they are now. Cause I know they've been touted for like the last two, two and a half years as, Oh, they have all these great skill guys. They have all these great defensive players. Uh, we didn't even mention like Patrick Sertan wasn't in that trade, you know, oh, yeah. got a lockdown young corner. You would think he would have gotten moved. So clearly they made it a priority to keep them in Denver. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting because those, like you said, those young receivers are good and they're talented. You know, there's three or four of them over there. And um, Javante Williams had a really nice rookie year as a running back. Offensive line is a little bit better than uh, in Seattle, but at the same time, like because of that lack of a quarterback they've had, nobody on offense has really, really proven what they are yet. So, I mean, they could still get there and Russ could be like, I was throwing a DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett for the last couple of years. And these guys are, let's just say not as good, right? Let, let's, you know, which is very possible. So how much, you know, is, is, you know, what everybody kind of thought Denver was, how much of it is theoretical, how much of it is practical, we're, we're going to find out. Um, and yeah, like you said, with Rogers and Green Bay, it really just made the most sense. You know, he's 38, going to be 39 or 39 or whatever it is. And they're going to keep Devontae Adams, you know, maybe they have to change one or two pieces on the defense, but you would like to assume that they're going to be right back where they were competing for NFC championship. And if things fall the right way, competing for uh, the Super Bowl as well. Um, Carson Wentz gets traded yesterday. You predicted Wentz would be traded. Um, I think everybody kind of knew the writing was on the wall when, you know, uh, Coach Reich is the only guy that was going to bat for him. And even he was at press conferences saying, you know, I stuck my neck out for that guy. That was kind of a tough way to go out. And, uh, you know, help, he helped out the Steelers by losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars in week 17 or week 18, leading Pittsburgh to the playoffs. Um, he will not be leading Pittsburgh to the playoffs under center this year, which is nice. Uh, he's going to be with the Washington Commanders. What are, what are your initial thoughts on that? You know, I don't know if it's just I watched too much Colin Coward uh, whenever – Wentz was kind of relevant, but I'm kind of a fan of him. Uh, I, I don't know if he's, you know, the championship leader, but I mean, his touchdown to interception ratio, I don't have it off the top of my head, but I want to say it's something around like 27 to seven, four to one. Yeah, yeah, four to one, something like that. Uh, -huh. uh I, I don't. It's hard to uh, make a case for him, I guess. Hard to go to bat for him whenever he couldn't take a team with seven, I believe, pro bowlers to the playoffs. It's hard to go to bat for him. But at the same time, everybody's, you know, on the uh, Justin Herbert train. He didn't make it either. You know, I, I the AFC is by far more difficult than the NFC. I think if uh, – I, I think Washington could – hear me out, could have a chance to sneak into the wild card. I don't think, I mean, they did two years ago. They almost beat Brady, you know, uh, and they could have a chance to win the division. 
they get a help, that defense built up and healthy. I mean, it's not terrible. Uh, their offense could probably use some refining, but Car- I don't. I don't hate the move for Carson Wentz as much as everybody else does. I'm. I don't hate the move for Indianapolis either because I think uh, what a third this year and a third that could potentially turn into a second next year. That's not terrible value. So I think I, they had to get rid of them. Got what yeah. they could. Yeah. The way last season ended for Indianapolis, considering the run they were on in that second half of the year where they, they were kind of right around 500 the whole season. And then they really kind of took off the second part of the year. And it was almost guaranteed by like week 13, 14, they were going to be in the playoffs. And then even to get to week 18 and it's win or get in, you control your destiny and you're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars who have the first overall pick again this year and you lose and you can't get in like there's a there's a moral thing to that with okay this my quarterback who had a decent season all year long is going to walk back in make 28 million dollars be supposedly be our leader and he couldn't beat Jacksonville last last week or Mm -hmm. last year um from Washington's point of view I think the most disappointing thing I was actually talking to my buddy yesterday who's a diehard Washington fan and the only the part that killed him while we were on the phone, you know, we were talking about the draft picks and later it actually came out. Washington's also getting the Colts second round pick this year, mm-hmm. but, and then I think they're also getting a seventh round pick this year. next. So like the, the draft capital, it seems kind of all okay. The big thing for him was that they're paying all of Wentz's 28 million this year. Um, Washington, I believe had like the fifth most cap space, which is, you know, sure you can say it, but everybody's only like, six or seven million dollars apart because of the way right. the cap was was lowered last year um but that like that's your cap space and that's why as a pittsburgh fan when people were saying once or even a guy like garoppolo like oh you know that won't even cost first round pick couple day two picks you know that'll get it done it's like that's great but depending on your team how many other holes do you have to fill is that all my is all my free agent money going to be gone and for for a team like the steelers who have not had free agent money since like 2006 when Ben was still on his rookie deal. Um, you know, we as Steeler fans are kind of looking forward to spending some, some money in free agency. So for Washington, the big thing will be how they restructure their offensive line. Um, Brandon Sheriff is an unrestricted free agent. They did not tag him this year. Um, their center Ishmael Morgan, who wasn't even a very good center. He's a free agent this year. So they really have to rebuild that offensive line. The only guy I think they really have set in stone is right tackle Samuel Cosimi, who was a, a mid-round pick last year, or a late day two kind of guy um, who had a pretty good year at tackle. So it'll really depend because as we know with Wentz, it's all about what happens if we move him from game manager to playmaker, right? That's his whole thing. Yeah. Early in his career in Philadelphia when it was control the clock, run the ball, under center play action good offensive line he looked really good then slowly as the offensive line started to you know deteriorate and have to rebuild then he was getting chased around he had to do more stuff on his own that's when all the problems really started for him in philly colt's kind of the same thing early in the year when it was just hand the ball off to jonathan taylor hey i'm looking really good oh you need me to go make a play now we're getting into a sticky situation so for washington it'll be the same thing they have the offensive weapons to help them. They have a good defense, although maybe not as good as it was two years ago. That might have been a little fool's gold. Um, 
but the big key is going to be what they do with that offensive line. I think Schefter tweeted out this morning, actually, that they cut uh, Landon Collins, Mm -hmm. which should, uh, based on reports and based on what I'm reading on over the cap, uh, save them about six mil in, in cap space. So if they were at like, I think they had like five mil left to play with after trading for Wentz. Now, if they have about 11 and you got to think like they still have to, you know, sign their rookies this year. They still have to, you know, do practice squads, stuff like that. So that cap space, you can't just give $11 million to Brandon Sheriff. You're still going to have some things to do. So whether it's restructuring other guys, other cuts, other trades, they still have some work to do for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right. With that, cause that obviously those three were, were kind of the big dominoes that kind of started all of this off. I'm, I'm checking my phone every 10 seconds, waiting for a Jimmy Garoppolo trade to take place, but let's dive into your article a little bit. Um, can you tell me, like I said, it was, I think, I thought it was really interesting the the names that you had there and the ones you didn't have there. Can you just kind of go into your thought process when it came to, to picking and, and looking into each team and deciding, okay, who's going to be my early prediction at quarterback? So I based it a lot around who I think fit where best. So Wentz, for instance, I liked him in Pittsburgh because I thought he he's able to extend plays, you know, at least a little bit. And that's something that the Pittsburgh offense, in my opinion, desperately needs after last season. Uh, you don't want to run Najee into the ground, especially, you know, he, he was – up there in touches. I don't know if he led the league, but he was, he was yeah, up one there. or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, you'd like to see a quarterback who isn't afraid to throw the ball down the field. Uh, ben. Yeah. I don't think he was afraid to, I just, you know, eventually the age catches up to you. And so Wentz to uh, Pittsburgh was just, uh, I guess a, a puzzle piece that looked like it could fit in uh, the grand scheme of all of my predictions. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo to Indianapolis is another fit that I really like. Uh, Don't play. Play action is his big, you know, I, I guess strong suit being a game manager, not having to, you know, have the game depend on you. You know, obviously at times your quarterback, it's going to have to, and sometimes he's able to pull through uh, as a Rams fan. He, whooped up on us uh, plenty of times so I, I think he's got I think he's got some in there uh, and I think Indianapolis you know they don't have the first round pick they have a, a lot of money uh, especially after the Wentz trade and, you know I think they're at like 70 some odd mil I could be complete completely off base on that but uh yeah so I don't think you know getting a Garoppolo would be a, a big I guess move for cap and you'd still be able to fill in on offensive line. I know Fisher uh, might be leaving. Uh, they need a number two receiver to pair with Pittman. You know, T.Y. Hilton's up there in age. Cam- Paris Campbell is kind of uh, – we don't know a whole lot about him yet. So Garoppolo handing the ball off to Jonathan Taylor and faking the handoff and dumping it to Pittman or whoever they end up drafting. I, I like that fit. Pick it to Carolina was uh, one that, you know, it, it's so hard to gauge how this quarterback class is going to go. It is insane. I can't remember a time it, that it's been this difficult to kind of point to a team and be like, yeah, they'll take him. 
usually by now we have at least some sort of idea and we're at the point where there could be two quarterbacks taken within the top 10 and there could only be two quarterbacks taken in the first round so it's going to be really interesting to see how that goes I just I threw Pickett at uh Carolina because I think Matt Rule is kind of going to be grasping at straws just you know save the franchise if they're not able to get Deshaun Watson then he pick it might be the next best option uh, I think Willis in my opinion is a better prospect but Carolina needs to win now especially with the talent that they've got on the defense and they have good skill positions uh, what other teams uh, yeah what other teams those do you think uh, those are really interesting ones so just to, to go back a little bit um the the thing I thought about with Wentz when you talked about extending the play is yes, he can absolutely extend the play. Um, you know, you you take some of those Steelers offensive possessions last year where the offensive line, offensive line kind of broke down or a receiver couldn't get open, and you just had to watch 39-year-old Ben stand there because he couldn't do anything. Yeah. Carson Wentz could definitely get out of the pocket and move around. You, you won't like the throw that he makes as he's that, doing yeah. that, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he There's can definitely very extend chance. the play. Yeah. Um, the, the Jimmy fit in Indy. I love, um, like you said, I mean, he's essentially what you described is like a less dangerous Carson Wentz, you know, yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy, the play action is there. Um, he can make all the throws. He is not as mobile as Wentz, but again, maybe that's a good thing. You know, he likes that. If he's going to move, it's going to be a very clearly designed boot that he knows the exact route he's going to take, but he's not the kind of athlete where he's going to shift around and, and uh, play some backyard football or anything like that. Um, and as opposed to Wentz, you know, Jimmy just has that one kill you play every game where it's he thinks he's Pat Mahomes and Patrick Mahomes and he's going to make a, a crazy throw down the sideline and it gets picked off by the linebacker, you know? Yeah. He has that game manager skill set, but that gunslinger mentality and it doesn't always work, but it works a lot more than it does for Wentz. Um, and that is definitely still on play. Like you said, I, I went on over the cap. Yeah. The Colts have like 68 mil in, in effective cap space right now. So they could definitely, they could take on any quarterback they wanted at this point. Um, pick it to Carolina. Everything you said, I echo. I actually did a piece for CSM over the weekend. Be sure to check it out uh, titled uh, which quarterback will be drafted first. And I looked at Pickett and I looked at Willis and yeah, Willis has the traits that you want to go for in a first round quarterback, but also the reasons a team is drafting in the first round and in need of a quarterback is because they need to win now. And a guy like Matt rule, who's going to be on the hot seat, can't afford to take Willis, in my opinion, six overall and sit him on the bench, which is probably what Willis should do. So hope, and I'm hoping that he doesn't take Willis six overall and start him and have Willis throw five touchdowns and, and 18 interceptions in his first four games and have to be benched. You know, you never want that. So Pickett is a guy I, I was, I was with you. Um, I didn't, let's see, which, which teams did I find really interesting? Uh, Tampa Bay, I found really interesting. Um, you know, and this kind of molds into kind of my next point for the article is I noticed there's not a ton of free agents um, that you put in there. You had the only free agents that you had as uh, starters in your way too early prediction. And again, this might have just been because you didn't know how the free agent market would kind of flood out, which totally makes sense. Uh, but you had Jameis resigning with the Saints and you had Mitch Trubisky 
signing with the commanders. So kind of the same idea of what they essentially did, right? Go out and get a guy who has pedigree, has traits, um, has won before, and, and bring him in to start for us right away. Uh, they just happened to trade for Wentz instead of signing Trubisky. Um, but tell me a little bit about, so like the Buccaneers were the one I was really interested in because you had, you had mentioned in there, maybe they try something for Deshaun Watson, but if not, then your, your, your guess was Kyle Trask. Why not one of those other free agents, like a Teddy Bridgewater, Marcus Mariota, something like that. So the, my initial thought was what, what I want to say that it was rumored uh, Watson was interested in going to the Buccaneers. And I, th- I think he still might be. I don't know if he's, if they're still on his list. Uh, I don't even, who even knows who's on his list at this point. It, it might not even matter, but I know uh, Arians has gone on record and said that he likes Trask. I know a lot of people say they don't. Uh, I, I, I've been uh, doing the off-season ritual of just refreshing my Twitter uh, consistently, and there are a couple people who are not Kyle Trask fans. I haven't gotten into a dive of him yet. I know he had relative success in uh, Florida with Pitts. But I saw Watson to Tampa as – at the time, it made complete sense to me because they need, they need someone to step in right away and contend. The NFC South is so depleted. There are no – there's – Matt Ryan is the best quarterback in the division, and that's nothing against Matt Ryan, but he's not the MVP Matt Ryan anymore, you know. I, I think – right now is as good as a shot for any of the teams in the NFC South. I think there's a very good chance that Watson goes to one of the teams, now, whether it's New Orleans, whether it's Tampa, whether it's Carolina, I couldn't tell you. But I like uh, I like Watson going to any team in the NFC South. I had him going to Tampa because they had the best win-now roster and would have a clear you know, clear best roster he's ever played with probably since Clemson. Uh, uh, where, where do you think Watson could end up if uh, everything passes? Oh man. You know, I couldn't even begin to, to think about what that could be. Cause there's just so many things between now where we stand on, on Thursday, March 10th and, you know, when he could even possibly be playing a football game again, I couldn't even begin to think about where that could be. I mean, any team with cap space, any team desperate, any team that, you know, because of maybe where they're at, they could talk themselves into, um, you know, whatever else is going on. I, I, you know, I'm going to take a risk. Um, but I mean, there's, there's a lot that needs to happen between now and, and anything like that. So, um, Going back to going back to the Bucks and, and and Kyle Trask, yeah, I mean they clearly have some confidence in him, right? They took him in the second round last year, so um, you know maybe this was always their plan for you know maybe it's just happening a little sooner than they imagined, but this could be the guy. Um, whether it's as a bridge quarterback or you know we just like him, so we're gonna see what he can do. Um, a little bit, I feel like in that young Jameis mold where 
he's not incredibly mobile, but he's willing to make every throw. And, you know, Bruce Arians is Mr. No risk it, no biscuit. And like you said, he seems to like him. So I'm sure that means Trask is in there at, at practice and in training camp and was in there at rookie camp, chucking the ball and not really worried about what happened. So yeah, maybe that is the plan. Um, kind of moving into those free agent guys as a Steeler fan and as a the Steeler writer for CSM, um, I'm very, you know, I'm tuned in with the fans and I know what, you know, the Steelers might be looking for. So I, I've been thinking about these quarterbacks through the lens of free agency really, really heavily. Um, Jameis, Mitch Trubisky, Teddy Bridgewater, Tyrod Taylor, Marcus Mariota. I mean, the list goes on and on. There's a lot of decent free agent quarterbacks to be had out there for, you know, four to $10 million or something like that. Where do you view this group of free agents? And, you know, do you think that any of them could be in play to come in as a starter, especially now with, with you know, how things have made, have changed between Indianapolis and Seattle and, you know, possibly Tampa Bay, like we were talking about? Um, where do you view these free agents? Do you see any of them kind of making a splash anywhere? I, I could see Trubisky, Mariota, Winston, and Bridgewater <laughs> all fighting for a starting spot. Uh, some might have e- have it easier than others. I personally think uh, Jameis might come back uh, to New Orleans. They're in cap hell right now. They need they're facing so much turnover. They need as much familiarity as they can. And uh, Winston, he didn't play bad last season. Yeah, he wasn't spectacular, but he was serviceable. And I think it's worth giving him another shot. I know coming off of an ACL injury, you know that's tough. But, you know, we just saw Dak Prescott and Joe Burrow tear up the league this past season coming off of the same injury. So I think uh, Winston probably has one of the better shots at being a starter just because of his tie in with uh, New Orleans. If he doesn't go back to New Orleans, that would that's where it gets a little bit dicier. Uh, Trubisky, I really like. Well, I don't know if I really like. That might be a little bit of an overstatement. Uh, In terms (laughs) of free agency quarterbacks, he's probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because we have we, I don't know if we've seen him to his fullest extent. I don't know. It, it's pretty clear that whatever was happening in Chicago wasn't the best for him or that entire offense. Uh, we we haven't really seen anybody on the Chicago offensive side you know, have a spectacular year in some time. Uh, they have good running backs, but I I could see Trubisky. I know there's rumors going to New York, uh, fighting for a spot with Daniel Jones. Uh, I could see him going to Pittsburgh if uh, you guys end up maybe going like Trubisky and draft. That would be a nice combo. Indianapolis at this point, maybe, if uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is too much to give up for draft capital because, yeah, I completely forgot that they had given up that second as well. So they might not be able to move on for Jimmy now. Yeah, that one kind of snuck in at the end. Yeah. Oh, by the way, they had to send a second round pick too. And it's like, ooh, that's, that's, that's tough. Yeah, Tr- Trubisky's really interesting. Um, he's a guy that very early in the process, uh, I kind of highlighted as a potential fit for the Steelers. I did this way back. It was like week, week 11 or so after the second Bengals regular season game Steelers Bengals where the Bengals just whooped Pittsburgh and fans were really down it was the most down I had seen Pittsburgh fans in my entire life it was like man the Bengals are officially whooping our tails for the second game in a row 
um, what does this mean? What does this mean? So I did this whole thing and I was like, look, you know, they're going to have cap space. Let's look at some of these veteran free agent quarterbacks. GM Kevin Colbert loves finding guys that have draft pedigree that are on the scrap heap. Um, so Taco Charlton was a great example of that most recently as a first round, former first round pick who was on a practice squad. He brought him up and he was a pretty good third rotational outside linebacker for Pittsburgh this year. Um, they also have been talking about get a guy who's mobile, you know, uh, they, Mike Tomlin, Kevin Colbert, their old school ways. They've, they've just now realized, Hey, did you guys know quarterbacks can like run around? Did you know that was a good thing? And so Tomlin's just been talking about it since like week six or seven, like quarterback mobility, quarterback mobility. Trubisky has that. He has some good, good feet, good speed. Um, he showed the ability to scramble. He's a bit of an um, athlete. He's an underrated yeah, athlete. Yeah. And you know, that that's what makes it so weird with how it went in Chicago because he, he's not the most accurate guy, but he has a bigger arm than he showed those last two years in Chicago um he started really just throwing all those like really weak flats and and you know hook routes and and stuff really close to the line of scrimmage for whatever reason when he early on in his career showed the ability to throw it deep so I think he is a guy that's going to be really interesting and I think a lot of teams now I mean it's really Jimmy G and him I feel like because like you were saying about Jameis I think New Orleans will feel confident in him um I think they're the team that's most likely to feel confident in him especially with that rehab from the ACL, but if you want to be a team on the outside that's saying, okay, this guy was Mr. 50 touchdown, 50 interception or whatever. I don't think 30, 30, I think I exaggerated there. Um, <laughs> but third, you know, and then, you know, the, the LASIK surgery and all this stuff in Tampa. And then he goes to new Orleans and yeah, he had a nice seven games where he was a completely different player. Sean Payton had him taking way less risks, being way more accurate so now you're already thinking like, okay, this guy was two different quarterbacks in, in two different places. Who's the real guy that I'm getting? You know, what what do I have to count on my OC to do? Um, but then he's also coming off of the ACL. So to me, any external team of the New Orleans, you're probably not bringing him in and thinking this is going to be my starter, which means you're probably not going to give him clear-cut starter money, which probably means, yeah, his best bet is to just go back to New Orleans and kind of walk in as as QB one, as he rehabs, um, Trubisky though, now it's a little scary for him because now all these reports out of the combine and we'll see what actually happens, but are talking about 10 million a year, uh, kind of contract for him. That's what people are talking about. So do you think now with that, cause like you said, you only liked him in the context of like compared to these other free agents and that's where I am. So now is it, ooh, 10 million for this guy? Like, is that actually what I want to do? And then are you better off going with a, a Mariota, a Teddy Bridgewater or something like that? You know, if you're worried about, if, you're, uh, if your team is worried about, you know, do I want to give Trubisky 10 million or Mariota five? Then you're probably not in a good position no matter what. You know what I mean? Great point. So if you see, because... I think Mariota is – I'm just using him as an example. Uh, he's not he, – I don't know if he's got the, the passing ability to be able to make your team contend in games at this point. You know, I, he's a fantastic athlete, and I'm, you know, I'm not saying he can't hit a pass, but I don't know if that's who you want marching out week one or 
week six or whenever. Uh, Trubisky, he's got, you know, the, the playoff appearances or apparent. Yeah. I think appearances plural. Um, Isn't that sad? I, it's nuts. Did, did that second one really count? Like, let me, well, let me try to think about it. Cause that was the, uh, that was the first year of the seventh seed. Right. And they snuck believe, in as the seventh yeah, seed. Yeah. Cause that was played, MVP. played on Nickelodeon. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, but still, I mean, he's got, I guess, winning experience. It, like you said, he has shown the ability to, you know, hit the deep ball, which you'd like to do. I told you I was going to make you think about this in real time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, comparatively, I, I, I'd like Trubisky much more than pretty much everybody else other than Winston. So I think if you're the Steelers, I think $10 million is worth it. I think if you win seven games, I think $10 million is worth it. I mean, $10 million for a quarterback, you're paying for what you get, you know. And all things considered, 10 is still not a lot. Well, I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot of money, but for a, a quarterback. you and me. Yeah. 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 And that was a really good point about if, you know, you're if you're sitting there in your big, comfy GM office thinking, I can either pay Trubisky 10 or Mariota 5. You're, you're already not in a very good place anyway. So then it's just, then it's more about what is the rest of my philosophy going to be? Um, so, so for the Steelers, you know, I said I was going to kind of bring this into the Pittsburgh Steelers purview. Um, the way I see it right now is Pittsburgh, Colbert, Mr. Rooney, Tomlin, they like Mason Rudolph and fans are very upset about that. Yeah. And I understand I'm not sitting here saying, I think Mason Rudolph, oh, once he gets the chance and gets to start a couple of years, he's going to be great. Yeah, No, Mason Rudolph is not that. He's a backup quarterback. He's a spot starter, which I don't even, I still don't even want that because he started against the no-win Lions and, and tied them. So I think that ship has sailed. Um, but the fact is that Pittsburgh likes him. And when you're thinking about He's already, and he's already under contract. They gave him a contract extension for a reason. He's going to be, I think his contract in total was for about five mil, but I think some of that was signing bonus. So his cap hit during the season might be more like three and a half, four or something like that. Um, and you're thinking about bringing in Trubisky, bringing in Mariota. It's okay. How many more wins can that guy get me than Mason? And what do I not get based on making the signing? So if you sign Trubisky to 10 million, you know, 10 million could get you something. 10 million could get you a, a linebacker. 10 million is half of what apparently JC Jackson might be trying to get this off season. So like, I would much rather take that 10 and, and improve another position because otherwise I'm betting on Trubisky being, you know, the future or, a, you know, at least a couple of years, you're not giving Trubisky a one year, $10 million contract you know, especially Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's going to try and do a two-year contract if they sign this guy. That way they can spread out the signing bonus cap. Um, that way they have some room to restructure, whatever it is. Um, they're going to give, if they're going to go get this guy, they're going to give him a little something more. Now, Mariota, you know, that might be a one-year, four or five million 
kind of the same as Mason Rudolph because that's okay. Now you're competing money, but again, you're going to do that when you could spend that four or five million to resign safety Terrell Edmonds or something. Let's say so now you're bringing in a guy just to compete with Mason who might win one more game than him, but you're losing your starting strong safety and you have to spend a second round pick to get another one, or you have to spend 10 million to get one that's better than him. So it's just a domino effect and it's going to get dicey. And um, as these quarterbacks are kind of coming off the market, the Steelers nation, man, those Facebook groups, they are just like killing each other right now. It is a scary world Um, because now everyone's saying, Oh, I've been telling you guys Mason all along, Mason all along. And everyone's like scrambling, trying to get the, figure out who the next guy is. Um, And it's tough. It is. I mean, it is, it's really tough, but this is, you know, this is the NFL. And as much as I would say, punt on quarterback this year you know let mason get his five million and you know start off the year as quarterback one you got dwayne haskins on a restricted free agent contract you can get him back for like two to three million let him compete let the see what those guys can bring out of each other bring back dobbs on the minimum contract you know pittsburgh loves him and then go get one of these guys that's going to be you know undrafted bring him as the fourth arm practice squad guy um and just punt on QB this year and spend everything else on every other position. Right. That's my dream, but this is the NFL and it's a quarterback's league. Like you said, like 10 million is nothing for a quarterback. And yeah, even though, you know, I might rather see them spend it on a linebacker who can be a huge upgrade over anybody they have in house. Now you go where your quarterback takes you and the Steelers want to compete for a Super Bowl every year. And hopefully they know that they're not doing that with Mason Rudolph. So you know, that, that Trubisky 10 mil might, you know, just kind of have to be the case. Do you think Pittsburgh would be willing to move up in the draft to get like a Pickett or Willis? And if not, so, do you think that Trubisky would be, I guess, a hotter name than like some of the other rookies like Corral, Ritter, Howell? Yeah. yeah. So my thing with the quarterback in the draft is you have to be sure. You have to really know. Because we're seeing this with like the Cleveland Browns. I'll just use it as an example right now with Baker. They take Baker Mayfield first overall. If you compare him to the other quarterbacks in the league, he's fine. He's an average quarterback, whatever. But what you do is you now are saying, I'm going to take four or five years and build around this guy. And we're going to see what happens. So if the Steelers, let's move the like move up for a quarterback conversation for now. Let's just say they draft someone in the first round whether they move up or not. They're taking TJ Watts prime. They're taking Minka Fitzpatrick's prime. They're taking Cam Hayward's like last few years in the league. Um, they're taking the rest of Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool, Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth's rookie contract years. They're taking all of that stuff and handing it to this quarterback and saying, okay, you have to take this that we have, this great nucleus that we have right now and make it, happen you know and if you don't then we have to potentially pay you a lot of money and now we don't have this stuff anymore now you're the guy that's supposed to lead us or we have to start all over with neither um that being said i won't be surprised if pittsburgh takes a quarterback and as a fan and as somebody that knows how pittsburgh works in the offseason i'm going to trust that if they do that then they're sure about it and especially if they move up um, I actually also did this piece for CSM and it was, what does it take to draft up for a quarterback? And 
you know, we, you could go back a lot of Steeler fans are using like the Devin Bush example, right. Where it was, they traded a first and a third, like they swapped firsts and traded an additional third to go up and get mm-hmm. Devin Bush. But I don't even remember who they traded with, but like everyone knew that was for Devin Bush. So the ask isn't for as much when it's just for a linebacker. If someone knows you're trading up for a quarterback, especially going from 20 to let's say six, eight, nine, something like that in the top 10, it's at least one more first, sometimes a second. It's at least one day two pick. And it's another mid round to, to day three pick. You know, it's a lot of draft capital. That's not my expectation. Pittsburgh is a very conservative team when it comes to things like that. They also truly believe in um, building a team through the draft. So I think it was, I think it was Kevin Colbert in an interview recently said, you know, the idea of trading multiple first round picks, that's trading TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, Minka Fitzpatrick, right? Because those guys are first round picks. Pittsburgh truly believes that they're going to get a defensive player of the year and all pro pro bowler type of guy every time they take a first round pick. And more often than not, especially compared to other teams, that's true. So I'll, I won't say it's a 0% chance. I'll say it's very unlikely they move up. Um, but if they do, then to me, that says they really believe this guy's going to walk in and, and win a Super Bowl in the next three, four years. If you guys, this is a little off topic, but if you guys don't go quarterback, I'd like to see you guys get Jordan Davis. Seeing him with uh, TJ Watt would just be a freak show. <laughs> It'll be, it's really interesting with Jordan Davis. Um, you know, obviously his combine numbers were ridiculous. Um, and to me, his combine numbers tell me that he can be more than potentially just a nose tackle, which is really, really important. Because if you're taking just a pl- run stuffing, you know, plugger in the fir- with your first round pick who's only going to play two downs you know that's that's brave that that's saying yeah. i this guy's going to fundamentally still change my team which don't get me wrong for pittsburgh it, he would i mean that run defense was horrible last year um but the the two factors kind of stopping that are what can he provide as a pass rusher and you know not much tape on him having that ability at georgia but his combine numbers suggest that there's potential for that. He's not Absolutely. just a big plugger. He can move. So can we coach him into being a pass rusher? That's very important for Pittsburgh defensive linemen um, because when they go into their nickel or dime sets, you would like that first round pick to be next to Cam Hayward, kind of still in there. And that guy has to pass rush. That's when they're more of a traditional 4-3 defensive tackle. Like to Forrest Buckner or a uh, – uh, Chris Davis, you know, something like that, where they're really going to make a difference passing and running downs. Now, that need will determine itself based on what happens with Stefan Tuitt. Hopefully in the next couple of weeks here, Stefan Tuitt, you know, it says, hey, I'm ready to play football again. I'm ready to do this. I don't want to retire. I'm good. If he said, if that happens, then I feel like that need for defensive line maybe sinks and maybe they don't bring him, you know, they don't go for a guy like Jordan Davis. But if Tua all of a sudden says, you know what, I think I've done everything I can do on a football field. I, I have to continue to take care of my myself personally and my family personally. I'm ready to retire. Then it's like, okay, now defensive line kind of shoots right up to the top of the top of the need list. And yeah, Jordan Davis, that that would be fun because yeah, that optimal view of what he is, if if he does prove to be that pass rusher as well, that's a guy that's gonna 
walk in day one and fix the run defense. And if he can add a pass rush to be that Stefan to level pass rusher as well, that would be really, really exciting. Um, you see, man, this is what I told you this happens. I get all excited. You told me you, you host these things and you got me going. Um, with all of that, let's come back to you a little bit. Let's come back to your piece. What What do you think is the biggest – well, actually, let's flip these last two questions. What were your updated predictions? You, you said right before we hopped on that you were working on your updated predictions for each team. Um, obviously, you had the Steelers getting wins. You had the Seahawks keeping Russell Wilson. So obviously those were changing. What updates do you have to that? And what other, you know, new changes do you have that, that you might be sharing with us? I did a little bit of a reshuffle and it's not exactly where I think these guys will end up because I don't think that, you know, it's entirely possible that there is an actual quarterback musical chairs that goes down in the NFL, but I'm just going to, kind of name some players and some spots that could potentially make sense. I'm going to start off. I I talked a little bit about it earlier. I'm going to stick with Colts with Jimmy G. I I think he could go to Pittsburgh potentially. Uh, Whether the Colts can trade for Jimmy G or not is up in the air, I guess, depending on what uh, San Fran asks. Uh, But I I was struggling. This was one of my last second decisions of all right screw it I'll, I'll just keep jimmy g in indianapolis it's where i think he fits the best i think they could instantly become uh, contenders I, I don't know about super bowl contenders but at least wild wild card playoff contenders you know they'd be strong enough to be able to knock off of kansas city or a, you know now denver buffalo maybe even i mean they beat them last year uh Panthers, I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson pending if you know, he ends up getting past. I don't know how that situation is going to unfold. This is kind of a – their GM has made it clear that he is their first, second, and third priority. Uh, quarterback is, but he is their, the apple of their eye, and he has, he has been for some time now. Uh, for Pittsburgh, I'm going to uh, – I referenced it earlier – I'd like to see you guys go with a Malik Willis-Mitchell-Trubisky combo. I think uh, you know Trubisky probably would end up starting out the season. I- I'm not all that confident in Mason Rudolph, and truthfully, I'd be more comfortable throwing Dewey Haskins out there just to see what he's got. But if you're not going to go with one of those two, I'd like to see him go Trubisky and uh, a rookie. Uh, maybe uh, – I might not be correct. I'm probably not correct on the Willis, but I'd like to see maybe a, a rookie step in there as well. If you guys end up getting Trubisky uh, for the Buccaneers, I'm going to go with Bridgewater. I know I, I didn't talk about him a whole lot uh, talking about the free agent quarterbacks, but I, I like him fighting with uh, Trask, maybe seeing if uh, Trask can take that. Basically it's another Drew Locke situation. It, it just in Tampa. Uh, that's kind of how I, I view it. Tampa could the range for what they could do. It, it's I don't think they're going to draft somebody. They went with Trask, I, so I, I think the draft is out of the picture. But they could go from Bridgewater to Mariota to Trubisky to Jimmy Garoppolo if they wanted to to Deshaun Watson. So realistically, they could be in play for whoever wants to come there. Uh. 
the Saints, I'm going to stick with Jameis. I like – I referenced it earlier again. There's so much turnover going on in New Orleans. He had a relatively successful season. I think they'll let him run it back. My wild card here, and hear me out, I've been excited to bring this one up. Seattle going with Jordan Love. I think they could move a third-round pick that they just got, fourth-round pick maybe, depending on what the asking price is. I know, uh, I believe it was Daniel Jeremiah who said that a third-round pick is kind of the expected price for Jordan Love. Why not trade one of those thirds you just got for uh, Wilson? Get Love. He's a project. Uh, he has higher upside than a Trubisky or a Mariota or a Winston or any of those guys, but he'd be cheaper than a Garoppolo or a Watson. Uh, I know Wat- Watson was uh, another pick that I liked for Seattle. As a Rams fan, I despise it, but it makes sense. Uh, with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf and Pete Carroll, I'd be very surprised if Pete Carroll wants to have a complete restart. But if he does, I think Jordan Love would be a, a good a good guy to start off with if they like uh, if they like him over like a Willis or Pickett because he's only twenty three. He's the same. I think he's younger than Kenny Pickett, and I think maybe two old two months older than Matt Corral. So I mean, if you view Jordan Love as a better prospect than those guys, why the heck would you not give up a third round pick? You don't have to waste a first on, you know, a potential bust on Pickett or Willis. You can still go best player available. Uh, Now that Seattle has the ninth pick, that would be huge for them if they could get Jordan Love with a late day two pick and just draft best player available and what they need. Uh, But that's kind of my reshuffling. I don't, think that this is the carbon copy of what's going to happen but these are a couple landing spots that uh i could see some of these guys ended up at yeah that's really interesting so i want to start with with the steelers just so we can i can force myself to be quick on that one um the free agent and still draft a guy is probably the most popular um from both steelers specialists steelers experts and steelers fans um and I think mostly because a lot of, at least on the expert side, are talking about Willis being that kind of guy with all the traits. And but you got to send him a year, so still sign a guy to compete with Mason and and play over Mason potentially. Um, so I think that definitely makes a lot of sense. The the Bucks and Teddy Bridgewater I think is interesting. Um, I could definitely see it, and maybe this is what's kind of happening. He's being brought in as now he's the he's the veteran guy right you bring him in with a young guy who's going to show him the ropes and hopefully he pushes the young guy to to being a better player but then he's kind of too good for that still at this point and he ends up beating them out um because he's definitely not he's not that kind of uh Bruce Arians quarterback right where I'm gonna like chuck it all over the place and you know risk it biscuit all that um because he's a very accurate play it safe game manager quarterback but I could definitely see a world where they bring him in and they, in their minds, like you said, it's okay. This guy's going to come in. He's going to teach Trask how to be a pro. He's going to help push him. Yada, yada. Oh, wait, Teddy Bridgewater is a lot better than Kyle Trask. Now we have to start him. Um, Cause that's kind of what happened in Denver this year. Um, which is really funny. Cause it seems like he's just a couple years still closer to his prime version of what Tyrod Taylor has been for mm-hmm. the last five, six years. Right. 
because Tyrod was there when uh, Baker was drafted. Tyrod was there at some point during Josh Allen's first couple of years. Tyrod was, you know, most famously uh, supposed to be the Chargers starting quarterback last year over Justin Herbert and then got a shot in the lung and Justin Herbert is now a great player. Um, and then even this year with Houston, where he kind of battled back and forth with Davis Mills and Davis Mills ended up keeping that job at the end. Um, so it seems like Tyrod has been that same kind of player, but just kind of a couple years behind later because he was beat out by the young guy more often than not. Whereas Teddy, I think for maybe another year or two could be that guy that's brought in to compete and help a young guy, but is still just a little bit better than him. Um, and this last one here was definitely what well, the last thing I was going to get to your, your wild card um, kind of expectation or prediction. And yeah, Jordan love to Seattle is really interesting. We're going to learn in the next couple of weeks here, as we get through free agency and closer to the draft, what the heck Seattle's plan is, right? So the, mm-hmm. this will be good to kind of know, okay, is this a rebuild or is this a, oh no, we think like we were talking about earlier, we think if we find the quarterback to play the right system that we want to play other than which wasn't what Russell wanted to do, we think we can still win. Um, now, of course, when you cut a guy like Bobby Wagner, uh, or I shouldn't say like a guy, when you cut a Bobby Wagner, uh, who's a Hall of Fame player, who has been, you know, was the last tie to their championship winning defense, has been one of the best linebackers in the league for the last 10 years. Um, to me, that's signaling we're maybe looking for a rebuild, but of course they still have, you, you have Jordan Brooks, so maybe this was just a, you know, let's maybe save a little bit of money on on cutting Bobby Wagner. Let's really usher in this new era. Um, Jordan Brooks had a great year, maybe a little better than we were expecting. Uh, so it'll we'll see what they do. You know, we'll be able to know, okay, are they going to use that ninth pick for a quarterback? Is that going to be a ready-to-play-now quarterback? Is that going to be a sit-and-wait quarterback? Um bringing in Jordan Love would be very interesting. I'd be really interested to know if he was just straight up in this quarterback class, would he be regarded as the top guy? I mean, he was a first round pick in a, you know, better quarterback class a couple of years ago. Packers traded up for him with Aaron Rodgers on the roster. Packers traded up for him. Uh, Clearly there's a divide between, you know, Burrow, Herbert, and Tua go in the top five, and then he goes, you know, in the twenties, but he was still considered a first rounder in a class that was that good. So in a class that's not that good, is he maybe, is Seattle maybe could, could they be looking or could other teams be looking at him as well? If we like this guy better than any of these other guys, instead of drafting one in the first round or ninth overall or 20th overall or whatever, like you said, we could get him for a third round pick. Why not? Maybe that is a lot better of an option. Now, does that mean that Seattle is just ready to go in with a, essentially a rookie quarterback or a young guy? We don't know. We'll have to wait and see, but it is really interesting to see and try to figure out what their mindset is now trading Russell Wilson and what they're going to do. Two names I want to bring up uh, for wild card, you know, just for uh, fun. I don't know, you know, if they'll be moved there, but the Russell Wilson news, you know, he, for weeks, all we'd hear, there's no interest in moving Russell Wilson. We don't want to move Russell Wilson. We're not getting rid of Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, I want to stay in Seattle. Then he gets moved. I have complete distrust for anything that's that gets said now. Derek Carr could potentially be a name to watch out for. Uh, and if he is, 
watch out for Jimmy G to reunite with Josh McDaniels. I'm just throwing that out there, seeing if that, you know, maybe that'll speak it into existence. And uh, Kirk Cousins. But I, I think uh, O'Connell and Cousins have a little bit of a history. And I know that Minnesota was pretty, at least they made it sound like they were pretty on board with Cousins and making sure that whoever they hired was on board with them as well. But I, I think uh, there was a report that Indy was calling about maybe the both of them. Yeah. So two two names to keep an eye out for, even though yeah. it's ex- expected they stay. Right. And like, I mean, like you said, you can never be sure if a guy like Russell Wilson can get traded. I mean, anybody can get traded at this point. Um, yeah, I will say Derek Carr, out of all of those quarterbacks that are like second, third tier, going to cost you over 20 mil, going to cost you multiple, you know, day two picks to get. He's definitely the best one. Um, Easily. So now, especially that some of those dominoes have fallen and you have fewer teams that need a quarterback, does that maybe drive that kind of price up? And maybe it's more a situation where the Raiders were like, eh, what are we going to get? Like two seconds? That's not worth their car. But now if they get a call about a first and a second or a first and a third or two, even two firsts, like now are they like, oh, well, that could be kind of interesting. And like you said, to flip one of those picks and get Jimmy back, then yeah, you just never know what this stuff. So it's going to be really, really interesting. Um, the beauty of to the off see. season. Yeah, man, the off season. It's just, it gets crazier and crazier. I was listening to, um, I think it was the the green room that some of the guys from the Ringer NFL show did, or the, the Ringer fantasy football show in particular, because one of their guys is a Seahawks fan. And they were talking about how it's getting, it, like is the NFL starting to resemble the NBA a little bit with, with player movement and, player empowerment stuff it's it's still definitely not there we're still years away from that but i mean some of the principles are, are getting there in terms of you know i think the rest of this offseason will be really interesting um in determining something like that because remember last year was supposed to be this big year of quarterback movement and you know stafford was really the only big name and but you know it worked they a quarterback moved they won a super bowl for the second year in a row so is this going to start becoming a trend i think we'll kind of see with these guys like Carr and Cousins and Jimmy, like what happens with them next and how much will that kind of set the market for these guys getting traded more often than not. Um, Ronan, what what else can we look for from you? Where else can we find some stuff you're doing? Um, just tell us a little bit about what you got cooking. So right now, you know, uh, I, I'm a sophomore and uh, at junior college in Southern Illinois. So right now I'm slumming it. Uh, you know, doing uh, right now. I'm interning for uh, CSM, so I'm just grateful, you know, for anything that you know I get invited to, or I I'm, I appreciate, you know, being able to have the freedom to write, you know, whatever. So coming up, probably I I like to do predictions. You know, I think people like to read predictions. It's fun to speculate. Uh, you don't get, uh, I guess, uh, crapped on as much. Uh, if you're wrong. <laughs> so I guess that makes it a little bit easier to write and a little bit easier to, you know, be okay with uh, this might not go the way that I think it will. But, you know, I, if I were so dead set on like, you know, getting all of them right, all, all the uh, pro- projections, right, I'd still be working on that article right now, you know, so 
just trying to get as much experience as I can writing about different things. Uh, I'm probably going to start doing a little bit on uh, the Rams. You know, we've got a lot of, uh, I guess, un- uncertainty upcoming. You know, Von Miller potentially leaving. What does mm-hmm. the team look like after that? Uh, you know, we kind of got gutted uh, pick-wise. So, you know, if he leaves, are we going to pick up somebody else? Uh, there's stuff like that. Uh, I, I'm looking to go, get into uh, defensive pass rushers, uh, kind of doing projections on them doing grades i've really gone over just uh aiden hutchinson right now but uh right the goal is to shoot for everybody all the uh first round projected defensive ends and tackles and then kind of make my way through if i uh you know make it to that point by the time dra- the draft rolls around because it's coming it's coming it's coming quick at, at least you're uh if you do any mock drafts for the rams at least there won't be too many picks you have to you have to think about i mean i don't know if there's even a point <laughs> 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 it's just a bunch of fourth rounders so and they'll hit on them they they do I, well with those mid-round picks but uh it's not not quite as fun to mock three fourth rounders as it is a couple, yeah yeah a couple draft day seconds. has definitely gotten more and more uh just wait till saturday less interesting yeah just <laughs> tune, <laughs> yeah. tune in day three you'll, you'll yeah. know all you need to know as a rams fan yeah awesome, 3 man. p.m tracking through the app perfect Perfect. Well, best of luck with that. Definitely keep it up with the right man. Uh, everyone be sure to check out championshipsportsmedia.com. Um, we're, we're still in it. We, I know we have coverage of all, all sports you could think of. There's a bunch of, uh, uh, formula one stuff on there the other day. Um, but we have plenty of NFL off season news and mock drafts and, and insight. So be sure to check it out. Check out all Ronan stuff. Ronan, thanks so much for being here, man. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much.